Welcome to episode seven of the Bossy Beach podcast. Before I launch into what I was about to say, my little spiel, I was just driving home from dropping the kids at school, busy um, highway, and there was a kangaroo just jumping through the traffic. I was like, oh my God, that is such an only in Australia moment. But there I am in Perth, busy highway, and there's just a kangaroo going about its business. <laughs> anyway, um, this is episode seven, and in this episode, I chat to Rayleigh Desert. How awesome is that name for someone that lives in outback Western Australia? I just think it's so cool. Rayleigh shares with us her story of how her grandfather, Spike, came about starting a rum distillery all the way in the middle of the outback. And it's a beautiful story and I really love how um, Rayleigh, who is Spike's granddaughter and her aunties, continue to not only run the distillery today but they've diversified it and they are in stores all across Australia and every single state of Australia. And I think it's important to know because I didn't make a big enough fuss about it when I chatted to her. Rayleigh has taken on this business at a really young age. She was not long out of high school before she just got stuck right in there. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting Rayleigh in person last year when I was traveling up through Kununurra and she is really switched on and really savvy. Um, And I think it's a pretty enormous accomplishment um, stepping into that business and doing as well as it is. And obviously at the moment they've faced the challenges that have come with 2020 and COVID life. And unfortunately, whilst WA has prospered in many areas throughout the pandemic, Kununurra has kind of been the one place in WA that has lucked out a little bit and didn't really get that booming the booming tourism from locals like Broome and everywhere else has. So I'm going to recommend you listen to this podcast, enjoy her story and her tips and jump on their website and buy some booze afterwards. (laughs) I've just got myself a bottle of the pink gin that we talk about. It is in my kitchen right now. It is beautiful and I cannot wait to drink it. All right, episode seven. Enjoy. You're listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast with Elsa Mitchell. Come along with me as I explore all the remote corners of Australia, uncovering success stories from women killing it in business. I'll inspire you, teach you, and best of all, make you laugh by sharing their journey and mine so that we can grow together in life and in business. Mom, have you seen my pants? Right, get out of here with the podcast. Today I am chatting with Rayleigh Desert from the Hoochery Distillery, which is all the way up near Kununurra. And today Rayleigh is going to be chatting with us about lots of things, but mostly telling us how the hell a rum distillery came to be in the middle of outback Western Australia. Rayleigh, so thank you so much for chatting with me today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Um, I am hoping that you can share with our listeners a little bit of the story behind the hoochery and a bit about your grandfather, Spike, who yep. sounds super adorable. Oh, he very much was. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, so the hoochery originally started from an idea. He went to a seed convention um, 26, 27 years ago now um, and went to a winery and was like, oh, this would be a really good thing to promote the tourism industry in Kununurra, which hadn't started at that point. 
Um, so came back home after yeah. doing that, sort of pondered on that for about a month and then realised, oh, grapes probably aren't going to grow up here. <laughs> so had to change his mind on what he was going to do. <laughs> um, so then he was going to do a whiskey distillery because we grew corn on the farm. So he was going to make a 100% corn mash whiskey um, and do it that way. It uh, took him about six years to get all of his licences approved. Um, so within that oh, time, wow. yeah, it took quite a while. So within that time frame, he actually swapped to deciding to make rum because the sugar industry in town took off at that point um, and it sort of worked out really well. Kununara is actually the same distance from the equator as the Caribbean, um, just on the other side of the world. So we have the oh. perfect climate to make a great yeah, rum. Right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes. That's... And you've been drinking rum ever since. <laughs> yeah, once I was allowed to. <laughs> I really, yeah. <laughs> I loved on, um, I love the quote that Spike said that governments kept telling farmers to diversify. Mm. So yeah. he did. <laughs> yeah, he decided to go this from. This is something I keep telling. Decided to go from farming to distilling. <laughs> Yeah, I keep telling my brother the same thing. He is a wheat farmer and I keep saying, yeah, you should just start growing medicinal cannabis already. (laughs) I think Kayla looked into that for a little bit too. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, my brother isn't growing cannabis on his farm. (laughs) Neither are we. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like sometime soon that could be a really lucrative business. Yeah, there was a man in town a couple of weeks ago talking, or like a couple of years ago, talking to me about wanting to start it up. But I was like, the security risks with that is just too great. Oh, I just, yeah, obviously there's so many hurdles and there's probably a bunch of people already doing it really well. But yes, I think those people, when, when it does become a bit more of a thing around Australia, are going to be quite profitable. Yeah, probably will be when it we'll kicks just stick off. to wheat and rum. Stick to all the good things. So you are the, yes, exactly. You are the third generation um, to step into the family business and I know your aunties are really heavily involved in running it too. So what can you tell me sort of what role you play and what role your other families play in keeping the business going um, today? Yeah, so I sort of started working in the business from like in school and that sort of thing. I could help out on the weekends and on school holidays. Um, so sort of worked my way up when I turned 18, I was allowed to start working in the distillery side of things. So serving tastings and drinks and all that. Um, and sort of just eventually just worked my way up. I went traveling and came back, um, and got back about two years ago and decided I wanted to stick around. Um, so took over position of manager. Oh, wow. That's huge. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. You must be quite responsible. <laughs> it is a big, big responsibility for you. I, tr- I try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've 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 met with you when I've been up in Canada and I think you do a really good job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about what kind of challenges you face in the business, um, living so remotely? And even for you personally, Rayleigh, as being, you know, a young woman growing up in a fairly remote community. Yeah, so I'll start with business first. So business side of things, we've got um, just the location of where we are. It's just so far away from like a big city. Um, So sometimes we have people obviously coming up, never hearing of us, don't really have the access to things as some of the new city distilleries have. Um, 
And then yeah. one of the other problems we have up here is that Kanara is actually on uh, like alcohol restrictions. So that makes things a little bit interesting oh, sometimes. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so town is on restrictions uh, basically every single day and then sometimes if something's happened in town, the restrictions will increase um, and they'll go to only be able to serve mid-strength alcohol, um, which obviously we serve a full-strength spirit. Oh, so that obviously means that you can't either. No, so, yeah, when when town goes on those mid-strength restrictions, we sort of follow suit and only sell to genuine tourists. So anyone that has an out of Kimberley address as their residential address. Yeah, wow, that is rough. That is actually something that never occurred to me. I know there's restrictions up there, but I didn't even for a second think about how that must impact your business. Yeah, that's rough. That's hard. Yeah, so that's pretty hard to deal with sometimes. Um, But, you know, we've got other means and lots of other tourists come up, so that sort of helps. But it'd be nice to not have that as an issue, but it sort of needs to be in place to help with things that are going on up here at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what about for you personally, Rayleigh? What challenges have you found living so remotely? Um, growing up as a kid, it was great. Um, and so we're always out doing things on weekends. There's sort of so much to do. But then as you get to an adult, sort of 18, 19, 20, there's not much to do. So all you just do is drink a lot, um, party with your mates. But once once I left, I sort of realised how small town it is and how sort of your you don't get the opportunities that you would get in a city so even just sports like recreational things to do um going away for a long weekend to like a different city we go to darwin <laughs> whereas if you lived in brisbane <laughs> you could fly down to sydney and all sorts of different things are impacting living in such a small town and I think as well the flights with Kananara are just so expensive from Perth. Um, I know this has been a real issue lately with the COVID and like Broom was doing has been doing so well. And just the flights to Kananara from Perth are crazy. This and I know the government has in the last week or two they have put out cheaper flights, which is absolutely amazing. But yeah, it it really it really is a big challenge for you guys up there because you can fly to Broome for $400 return, but Kananara, $1,200 return from Perth is pretty much a standard price. Yeah, $1,200 isn't even that bad. Um, sometimes they can be up to like 1800 or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. You can go to Hawaii for that. <laughs> exactly, and that's sort of the problem with the tourism industry as well. People can go overseas for cheaper than what they can get up to the Kimberley for or to Kananara at least. Can I just say, though, it is worth every cent. Um, I have been up there many times and it really is a special place. Um, I, I think I'm, I really do hope that out of this whole COVID situation, places like Kununurra um, really do get rediscovered by West Australians and Australians because it, there is no place on earth like it. It truly is absolutely stunning. No, it is very nice. I sort of when I was living overseas to all my friends, they're like, oh, we're talking about Sydney and that sort of stuff. I was like, if you want a true Australian experience, you need to come to Kununurra. It's the second you get off the plane, it really is a unique experience. And I know when uh, we were up there oh, last year, it was in the in the off-season, which I'm glad we came in the off-season because it was a whole different experience. So Maria from Kimberleyland, she took us out to, um, I've forgotten the name of the waterfall, the one where you kind of climb up and up and up and then you get to the top and there's a waterfall and no one was there. We were the only people 
and we just sat there for hours. It was just the most incredible experience. And I don't know if there would be anywhere else in the world you could find a <laughs> special spot like that and have nobody else there. It is nice through the wet season, but the tourist season is good too. But there's just so many, there's different things to do in each season. Yeah. So through the dry season, you've got all the waterfalls, it's just the locals, um, go out on the river. It's, yeah, it's very, very nice. So on the COVID situation, I feel like it would be weird if I didn't mention it, um, but how has that impacted your business? Quite severely. So we've just come, obviously, just had our wet season, um, which is probably from September last till about April, May, um, where we don't have many people coming through, not really making any money, sort of focusing on getting things ready for that next six months. Um, so today and go into another six months, of not having people come through, not being able to make money, um, to then at the end of that go into another six months of a wet season to, again, do the same thing. So running at 18 months of a loss is going to be quite interesting to see how we come out uh, next year. Yeah, it's really – I have felt for you guys so much and I really do hope that the flights, you know, the release of these cheaper flights do make a big impact for you guys and I kind of hope you just get it back tenfold next year you know when hopefully Australians are just traveling locally within Australia that's the best outcome we can hope for I know a lot of the um southwest businesses and things like that are seeing it come come back making up for that time now and I just hope you guys get the same I do know that you did recently release a pink gin we did we had to do (laughs) something with our time off (laughs) It looks amazing. I haven't tried it yet, but my girlfriend has just bought a bottle back from Kananara, so I'm planning on stealing that out of her cupboard very soon. But tell me <laughs> about the pink gin. It looks amazing. So it's sort of it's been in the pipeline for a while. Um, rum is you either like rum or you don't. Um, you can't really get people around it. Plus, there's a little bit of a stigma around it. But we had lots of people coming in. Are we making a gin? Are we doing something else? So we sort of thought, oh, we'll give it a go. Everyone else is doing it, so we'll give it a crack. Um, and we're, we're really happy with it. It's sold really well. Um, it's taken over our rum sales, which is good, but a little bit sad. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So just, I think maybe also just being a brand then, new product that we've not done before, but sparks a little bit more interest. So hopefully it'll keep going well. But it, it also, it looks beautiful. Do you know the packaging, the bottle? I feel like it just it looks stunning. You've actually just nailed it, I reckon. <laughs> We're very happy with how it's come out. It took a took a while to get it to that, but obviously we wanted something a bit more feminine to tailor more to the women, um, just as our rum's quite masculine. So we wanted something a little bit softer. And who doesn't want a pink gin? Absolutely. And I think these days the women give the men a good run for their money in the alcohol drinking department. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Just speaking for myself there, that's all. (laughs) I'm right behind you. (laughs) And you've also got a bit of a famous cake up there I've heard about. I haven't yet tried it, but when I was up there last, I was told we absolutely had to go out to the distillery and check out the cake. What is the cake? It's, it's a chocolate rum cake. Um, my grandma's been making that since we opened um, and it's gotten quite famous. Everyone comes in sort of talking about the cake and gets lots of lots of credit, but it is very, very good. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait to get up there uh, later in the year and get, try the cake and wash it back with some pink gin. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect mix. <laughs> 
So um, let's talk a little bit about how you use social media and digital marketing to grow the business. Um, what do you find like works best for you, Rayleigh? So we've got three platforms. So we've got our website, we've got a Facebook and an Instagram. Um, so they all sort of do different things, I guess. Um, just with the time off that we've had recently, I've been putting a little bit more effort into trying to do two or three posts a week over our Facebook um, and our Instagram just to get a little bit more of a ball, ball rolling on um, sort of we like our different things that we do. Online sales. Yeah, online sales, um, like our reach and that sort of stuff, get new people to see us and maybe be interested in buying some of our products. Yep. And which one do you prefer, Facebook or Instagram? Oh, I prefer Instagram. I find it much easier. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. that's a young, a younger person thing. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, I find Facebook probably gives us more results, um, but I don't like working with yes. it as much. But I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there's a saying that um, Facebook is for um, old people. <laughs> <laughs> I love saying that because it just gets such a reaction out of people. But yeah. the reality is, I mean, Facebook. Facebook is a great platform and like you said, you probably see better results and yeah. for you driving traffic to your website and getting sales at your website, it probably is a better platform. And I know with my business I do see better results when it comes to converting sales on Facebook, but I personally, yeah, I just prefer Instagram. I feel it is easy, easier to use and it's a little bit more fun, but it is known as the relationship-building platform. So. Yeah. That could be why there's a lot of there's a lot of shit on Facebook, isn't there? Oh, there is, and just <laughs> all the you sort of get a little bit hit with it with your algorithm and that sort of thing. If you're not posting enough, if you're not posting something people want to see, and oh, it's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and how how important are your online sales for your business? So our online sales were sort of the only thing that we had coming through from March until June while we were shut. Um, so if we didn't have those online sales, I think we would have been a whole lot worse off, um, but we were still doing them. Yep. Um, and lots were coming through actually, which was really nice. Um, I think people stuck in isolation. That's amazing. Have something to drink. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think alcohol sales uh, definitely benefited for a lot of businesses during COVID <laughs> I know I certainly did my best my contribution to the economy yeah. <laughs> in that department no the the so online, your, um, the online sales are really good as well though so if we have people that come through from you know Victoria or the eastern states or even down south um, and they've got a particular product that they really enjoyed and they can't pick it up at a bottle shop um, it's great that they can just buy it online and we'll send it directly to them so that's worked out really well as well that's awesome. And um, I have had a quick look on your website and I know that your your rum is stocked in liquor stores all across Australia. Would I be right in saying you, you have distributors in every state? Yeah, yep, absolutely we do. I think Tas oh no, Tasmania will have Dan Murphy's. So yeah, our rum is stocked stocked in every wow. state. That's really impressive. So how how do you nurture those relationships living so remotely? Because that's pretty impressive. You guys are all the way out in the, out in 
I like to call it Outback Western Australia, but <laughs> yeah, you've managed to distribute in every state of Australia and in Dan Murphy's and I think you're in a lot of BWS as well, aren't you? Yeah, BWS, I think we just picked up 15 new stores of BWS recently, um, so that's been really good as well. Wow, that is awesome. So, um, with so how, the- do you, how do you foster those relationships? So Kaylin looks after the sort of the larger scale ones. So she started all the Dan Murphy's contracts um, and with Dan Murphy's that's BWS as well because they're all owned by Woolworths. Um, so she's doing lots of emails, um, phone calls, Zoom meetings and that sort of stuff to do them. Um, I more look after the smaller independent ones. Um, so I've got a couple places in Darwin, so Noonama Tavern, which is sort of uh, out about 20Ks before you get to Darwin and if I'm going up there sort of to help those relationships, I'll, you know, call them and drop something off, um, same to the other local ones in town or if we've got friends or something going somewhere, if we've got like broom or something, we'll get someone just drop it off in there, saves them on freight, and that's always helpful as well. Yep. So your auntie, it's your auntie Caitlin, isn't it? Yes, yep. She has managed to single-handedly, let's be dramatic, um, <laughs> foster and nurture all those relationships just from like being in Kununurra and using video calls and email. She's done it all remotely. Yep. She goes to a couple conferences a year. Um, so the ADA, which is the Australian Distillers Association, which um, my grandfather Spike actually helped found. Um, so she's now the treasurer of that. Um, I think they have a conference once a year and that's always good to get new contacts and that sort of thing from. Wow, that, I think that's really impressive. And I know that you, Rayleigh, last year, probably not so much this year for obvious <laughs> reasons, but you travelled around a bit to various food and wine festivals yourself, didn't you? Yeah, so last year I did the Good Food and Wine Show in Perth, the Good Food and Wine Show in Brisbane, and then we did the Frio Beer Festival um, which were all really great. It's just nice to sort of get out and meet new people and find people that haven't heard of us before interested in our products. It's always good as well because then you get that face-to-face customer feedback. I know you'd get it in your distillery, obviously, um, but you, you're getting it in a place where you've got your competitors sitting right next to you. So <laughs> it's would be I find that super, would be super rewarding to be able to have that experience. Absolutely. I think people really enjoy hearing sort of the background of the distillery and how it all started and how it's still all family run. Um, so one of the, sort of the questions is, oh, like at those food and wine shows and stuff, oh, do you actually work there? It's like, oh, no, I definitely work there. You know, my grandfather started it and the family sort of runs it now. So and they're like, oh, my goodness, it sort of takes them by surprise that, you know, we'd be doing that still. Yeah, I love the story. And it's one of the things that sat with me or resonated with me from when I first met you, the first time I came up to Kununurra running um, my workshops, was you telling me the story about um, how your grandfather started it and then meeting you and then meeting your auntie and seeing the roles you played. And I, it, it, you, I, sorry, fumbling my words here, but <laughs> the actual distillery is the original distillery that your grandfather built, isn't it? Yeah, so the building that the distillery's in was one of the old farm machining sheds. Um, so that was just sort of repurposed. We've had bits added onto it and every every now and again when needed. Um, and the still is still the original still that he built and designed. Wow. And he just built it from bits and pieces around the farm, didn't he? Yeah, it was a condition of getting his licence. Um, so he had to build it and then they decide whether or not they would approve it or not. So he sort of chucked all his eggs in one basket and went for it 
What a legend. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure he would be I'm sure he must he would be so proud looking down, I guess, and seeing, you know, you coming along as the third generation keeping his dream alive. That must it's pretty special. Oh, I'd hope so. I'm sure there's some things that he's not very impressed with, but got to do what's good for the business. <laughs> like your pink, the, the, the pink pin. He'll be the like, I didn't, I didn't authorise that. <laughs> Muscle tees, I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't like singlets. <laughs> I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder what he would think about Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I think he th- knew that they were becoming quite good tools um, for advertising and just getting your message out there and reaching new people, so... Might not have been able to do it himself, but I think he'd be all about us getting on board. Whatever's going to get that rum sold, hey? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so before um, I wrap up our conversation, I just wanted to see if you had any tips um, that you could share with our listeners on how, I guess, social media or digital marketing or what, what you found has worked well for your business um, that maybe somebody else living remotely could take on board. I think getting to the workshops and stuff that you've done have been really helpful as well. Just to, we don't really have anyone, we've got a couple of people in town, so that would be able to help, but it's just nice to go and meet other businesses that are sort of starting out and doing it together. And then just consistency, <laughs> which is probably the hardest part. It's so true. Yeah, consistency, it's it's such a thing. And when I um, was up in Kununurra, I don't know if you came to this workshop or not, and the workshops are great actually, and the KS, the Kimberley Small Business Support Centre up there, I just was so impressed the way they have organised um, uh, remote, I guess, people like myself coming in to run the workshops. It's, it is, I've made so many great connections and you guys get to connect with each other and that's so awesome. Um, but one of the things I did in one of the workshops is I played a video um, of Turia Pitt and she was talking about how success isn't linear and she talks about um, when she had her accident, She one of the exercises she had to do to get her arm, movement in her arm was every day for I don't know how long, let's just say it's a year, she had to put her arm in this machine and it would get rotated around and she'd say some days she'd have heaps of movement and it would be, amazing and then the next day it wouldn't be so good so she kind of says you know it's not linear success doesn't just go up it's up and down but if you do it consistently every day Mm. eventually over time you will see the results and you'll get to that end game but it's not an everyday upward rising slope no so I just thought that was the best way to it and it just applies to everything so your social media if you're doing your social media post consistently if you are blogging on your website or um you know podcasting for example <laughs> do it and do it consistently yeah you know the more that you do it the better you're um, gonna get so, out of it. oh knowledge is power right <laughs> yes it is i'm sure you had to do a bit of research to work out how to make that pink gin i'm sure <laughs> it took a lot of trial and error i was taking home gin mostly every night to give it a go <laughs> just out of curiosity did it take to to make it and get it ready so to get it made wasn't or to make it wasn't that hard it was tweaking it and getting it to what we wanted it to be like which took the longest amount of time um so actually making the spirit was really yeah. easy um but then it was just what botanicals we wanted to use what strengths of the botanicals um the color that sort of took a while as well because that's actually an all natural coloring there's no oh, art the color, color. Mm. 
Wow, that's amazing. It's so, it's awesome that you've had that made locally, produced locally. And I think that uh, supporting local and supporting Australian made is definitely our future right now. Looks like it's going to be having a go in that direction, which is good though. So support. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and great for businesses like yours. So if anybody is looking to buy the pink gin or any of your rum, they can actually just jump on your website, which, um, Rayleigh, what was your website? Is it the hoochery? Uh, Just hoochery.com.au. I will pop that information in the show notes as well. So thank you so much, Rayleigh, for chatting with me today and sharing your family's story and um yeah i'm sure everybody listening will be as excited as i am to jump online and place an order i hope (laughs) hope to see them flock in now (laughs) (laughs) you definitely will (laughs) okay thank you thank you for chatting with us no worries thanks for having me Thank you for listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast. I am Elsa Mitchell and you can find me at elsamitchell.com.au or if you'd like to meet my friends, please head on over to Facebook and I invite you to join our free group, Bossy Bitch.